of the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. It's Panhandle Sports Live. Crossover, step back! Where the Eastern Panhandle of West Virginia comes to get their sports live. Is this the Tiger? It is a great night to be a Mountaineer wherever you may be. Agent back to pass. Rushed out of the pocket. Throwing it downfield. It's into the end zone. Oh, he caught it! Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner, Luke Wiggs, and Parker Stone. It is Monday the 28th. You're tuned in to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths. Since 1995, Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths have delivered distinguished remodeling services to our home community of Martinsburg. From new construction to remodeling, Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths can design your new kitchen or bath. Their talented designers can bring to life any concept you'd like to create. So check them out at MountaineerKitchensandBath.com on Facebook or visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. I'm Jordan Nice Warner. Alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Good morning, fellas. Good morning. How was uh, your Thanksgivings? You know, was it just, just an acid trip of a weekend of fever dream of a weekend in the sports world i mean all the crazy stuff that happened over the week purdue turned into the best team in college basketball josh jacobs is the best running back in the nfl brian robinson's walking around in the biggest hat i've ever seen in my entire life shepherd's cooking i mean it's just a bunch of crazy stuff happened over the weekend well i might have had a fever dream because i actually had a fever over the weekend (laughs) i uh yeah right after thanksgiving i get sick and that ended up that's why i ended up missing the shepherd game with you guys over the weekend was recovering from that but very weird weekend. Michigan seems like they might be the only contender to knock out Georgia, the national title game. Who's going to be that last team in the playoff? Is it going to be Ohio State? Is it going to be TCU? Is it going to be USC? Who knows? But the one thing we do know, man, Joey Fisher is a dog. Joey Fisher is a dog. That's the biggest takeaway I had from listening to you guys over the weekend. What a master class. Yeah. He absolutely shutting down, you could argue, the best pass rusher in all of Division Two football. Just shuts him down. What what a what an outing what an outing, and then I mean uh, it was a marquee weekend for him as well because he also accepts an invite into the NFLPA Bowl as well. So big a uh, big weekend for Joey Fisher. I'll say that big weekend for him. Nobody can a- answer how their Thanksgivings was. It was good. It was great. Yeah, the food was great. Everything was fantastic other than getting sick right afterward, but it was great. Well, let's uh, not waste any time and get right into it. Of course, Shepard does advance to the regional final to face Old Foe and PSAC uh, champions, IUP, uh, being on Saturday. Still, not, at least I don't think they've released the time yet. I'm sure it's going to probably be a 3 o'clock uh, kickoff for that one, but it was a uh, it was a fun one in Shepardstown over the weekend. Uh, Tyson Bajit, Ronnie Brown doing that thing. I mean, Ronnie Brown, Super Region Ronnie, as uh, Parker has uh, coined him, which I think is a pretty great nickname for him uh he's just going off and this team is peaking at the exact perfect time which i think iup i don't i don't think they can beat him twice especially i don't think they can beat him twice in this big of a situation and with the way shepherd's playing i think last week was really uh the most eye-opening i think game so far where this team is good and when they're all pumping at you know on the right levels they're tough to stop it doesn't matter whether on offense or on defense yeah they certainly were i mean slippery rock uh, presented a bunch of unique challenges that Shepard just kind of shook off. You know, we talked about 
uh, added Awara, the the defensive end, was supposed to be an animal coming into this game, and is completely dominated by Joey Fisher, and one of the best offensive line performances, if not the best offensive line performances I've ever seen. Ronnie Brown, great again. The receivers good again. Bajan put the ball where it needed to go. He got outdueled in the first half by Grover, um, who played very well for Slippery Rock. Made a couple of incredible throws with Russell and uh, Sheets and the like. Uh, but then Bajan at halftime just kind of did what he needed to do. Stepped in, was dominant. You know the defense was just kind of you know holding on for deal life early. But in the second half, they started to get after the quarterback. You know started to put more pressure on. You know that game. One thing we mentioned in the post game of the broadcast, there were two wide open receivers that were missed by Grover that would have been touchdowns had it not been once for a journey Dunbar pressure. Uh, and the second one was Smith along with somebody else. I can't remember who it was. There were two touchdowns that were negated because of the defense. And then you had that tipped interception in the end zone that the game was pretty close to being over at that point anyways, but that certainly sealed it. So everybody played a part in Jacob Haney had two key key first half field goals and you know everybody played a part Ryan Barrick had two pretty good punts the one was exceptional the one was the other one was all right um but uh, everybody contributed and that's what you need to have happen at this point in the season you know you're not going to have any easy games anymore you know these are all the best teams in college football and you've got to be at your best in all facets of the game and they were to pick up that win and of course you can listen to the game over on 95.9 The Big Dog and here are the highlights from this week's 37-27 to win over Slippery Rock to move on to take on IUP. Tyson back to pass, pump fakes, throws it downfield. He finds E.J. Morgan with a great catch at the 30. First and 10 Rams. Looking left side, going for Brown, touchdown Rams! Roddy Brown on the board this time through the air. Rams 6-0. Hands the ball off to Dior who gets hit immediately. The ball comes loose. The Rams look like they might have fallen on it. It was a big hit in the backfield. The Rams have it back. Going to be a Ronnie Brown run left side. He's got some blockers and he has some room. Now to the 30. He's got to make one guy miss the 10, the 5. Touchdown Rams. Ronnie Brown can't be stopped as the Rams take the lead back. Off to Dior left side. He's taken down in the backfield. Keyshawn Haley comes from the second level and makes a big stop. He's back to pass in an empty backfield. Steps up in the pocket. He's looking for Brown. He's open down the field. He makes the catch at the 10. Ronnie Brown makes the catch. Takes the shot. First and 10 Rams. Going to be Beja keeping it. He's got some space. Touchdown Rams. Nice and Beja calls his own number. And the Rams take the lead by six. Stepping up. He's looking for Harper downfield. Makes the catch. Across the 20-yard line. And down to the 15. Now Harper. First and 10 Rams. Dorsey in motion. Bajan's passing on fourth down. Steps up in the pocket. He's going to throw it across the middle. He's got Dorsey for the first down and more. He's down at the 10. First and 10 Rams. Third down for the Rams. Bajan's passing. Steps up in the pocket. Still looking downfield. Now he's going to roll to the right. He's got a lot of room that way, but he's looking for E.J. Morgan. He makes a cut. Touchdown, E.J. E.J. Morgan with the touchdown. The Rams extend their lead late the game. Throw towards the end zone, and it's almost intercepted by the Rams. Devin Lynch says it might have been as he tipped it up. They're going to say it went out of bounds after it looked to have been intercepted. Great defensive play there by the Rams. Stops the clock with 47 seconds. Lindsey obviously had it in his hands, but he was in the end zone. Did the officials just change the, the ruling on the field? Oh, the Rams with the interception and the touchback as the Rams will seal it up. 
Of course, you can listen to every Shepherd Rams football game over on 95.9 The Big Dog, but that was the 37-27 win to move on to the Super Region 1 title game this coming Saturday on the road at IUP, and it was definitely a fun one. And if that could potentially be the last uh, game of the year at Rams Stadium, it was definitely a fun one for uh, for the fans. Yeah, certainly a great way for Beijing to go out. Some of the guys that may not be a part of this team next year, Fisher as well. Uh, again, I said it too many times on the broadcast, I'll say it here again, unbelievable performance by Joey Fisher. That's oh, the kind yeah. of performance that gets you drafted. Uh, but really, really, really entertaining game. And you want to talk, again, leading up to that, yeah, that's when I mean, a lot of people are looking at tape right now. That's going to be one a lot of scouts are going to be looking at for Joey Fisher. It's going to be that tape he had against Slippery Rock. What a fantastic time to have a seat, to have a performance in this season that you could argue Joey really needed that to really boost his draft stock up. Of course, we've seen him kind of talk with a little bit, kind of with Jim Nagy over at the Senior Bowl, seeing if he might get an invite to that at some point. That's the type of performance that puts your name out there to a lot of people out there in the NFL. That was an impressive performance. If the Rams are clicking like this in all three facets of the game, IUP better watch out because this is going to be this is going to be a fun one. I'm excited for it. And notable thing out of IUP, it looks to be DeJore Stewart, their star running back, did not play this past weekend. It was Hauser leading the carries again. He ran for about 140 yards. Mm. But Dwayne Brown is back in the lineup for IUP as well. He caught a touchdown. He only had 35 yards receiving. But definitely some keys to look forward into next week as we'll have that IUP game for you on 95.9 The Big Dog. And that's the difference between the two teams right now, for being completely honest. Is Shepard, they played Slippery Rock tough, but they beat Slippery Rock. Mm-hmm. They dominated mm-hmm. Slippery Rock when they needed to. IUP won that game against Ashland because Ashland couldn't convert fourth and goal from the one and because IUP blocked the punt. And obviously those were plays that IUP made, but there's a lot of luck that went into that win for them. You know, so these are two teams. Shepard's coming into it saying, we just beat one of the best teams in the country. IUP's coming into this game thinking, man, that one one almost got away from us. And hopefully momentum can be the biggest contributing factor because Shepard wants nothing more, obviously, than to win this region, but to get revenge over IUP because I think it was Jordan that said it on the broadcast, you'd rather lose the conference championship game than lose the playoff game. Obviously, you'd rather not lose either, but it still puts Shepard in a pretty good position to write a really interesting end to the story. And of course, weather was a factor in that PSAC championship game and looking at the extended forecast it's p.m. showers in Indiana Pennsylvania on Saturday 50 degrees and raining all night long uh, which of course is when the game will be it'll probably be a three o'clock kickoff but uh, we'll let you know when that gets officially announced and of course we'll have an Ernie McCook show live from Captain Bender's Tavern on Thursday over on 95.9 the big dog starting at 7 30 that'll be a fun one as well um, man it just gets more and more exciting fellas and it seems like now this is thinking well in advance now um, they'll be playing the winner of West Florida and Wind Gate. Now, Wingate's North Carolina. West Florida is in Pensacola area. Um, Pensac- or, uh, West Florida would be the high seed. If they end up winning and they would face Shepard, it would be Shepard going to West Florida. But potentially, if Wingate wins and Shepard wins, if it all you know works out perfectly, then it uh, could be Shepard hosting the game for a chance to go to the national championship, which didn't happen or hasn't happened since 2015 when Grand Valley came to town. And that's, I mean, obviously, like you said, you got to take care of business against right. IUP. But if your mm-hmm. options are a home game or going to Florida, <laughs> cool with it. <laughs> Either been, one. I've, I've that's been, a win-win in our books, boys. I've yeah. been to cool it's gorgeous down yeah. there in the Gulf. I, you're not going to say no. Either one, definitely. As long as I don't have to get back up to Michigan where it's freezing, <laughs> and uh, well, especially after a loss like that last uh, last year too. But yeah, very very fun stuff when it comes to the Rams, and we'll. Stay Step aside for a few minutes, and we'll come back, and we'll talk um, a little NFL. We'll talk about the college football landscape over the weekend, D1, and then we'll uh, hit high school stuff towards the end of the show uh, because that's all starting to come to an end as well with Super 6 right around the corner. So we'll step aside. We'll come back with more Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Hey, it's Ronnie Brown. It's going to be a handoff to Ronnie Brown. He's got a hole through the middle. It's a stiff run to the 10, the 5, touchdown, Ram. And you listening to Panhandle Sports Live. 
Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Bats. You can check them out at mountaineerkitchensandbats.com on Facebook, or you can visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. I'm Jordan Nice Warner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. And Parker, it was a big college football weekend, rivalry weekend. Any big uh, news come out of that? Yeah, definitely so. Mississippi State pulled off the upset against Ole Miss over the weekend in the Egg Bowl. That was Thursday night. There was a lot of rumors going around with Lane Kiffin. Was he going to leave Ole Miss? Was he going to stay at Ole Miss? There was some. There was a rumor that was shot down of him going to Auburn that a reporter threw out around the Mississippi area. But it seems to be Lane Kiffin is going to be staying in Mississippi. He's agreed to a contract extension to stay with the Rebels. Other college football head coaching news, Matt Rule, as a guy some people thought maybe could be a target for West Virginia if Neil Brown were to be gone, he is going to be the next Nebraska head coach that was announced over the weekend. And some other news, Tulane's head coach is going to go coach over at Georgia Tech is some news we broke out. But rivalry weekend played out just about as well we thought. The Civil War was interesting. Oregon State came back to beat Oregon. They only threw six passes in the entire game. Uh, go Beavs, I guess, on that one. But that was a crazy one. Michigan absolutely dominates Ohio State in the fourth quarter. The Wolverines set themselves up perfect to be the number two seed in the college football playoff from all things looking into it. West Virginia beat Oklahoma State. They finished 5-7 and seven in their season. And there is a small chance West Virginia could get into a bowl game. There aren't, there aren't enough could bowls. Could you imagine? <laughs> after all this. Could you imagine after, they still get a bowl? You know, and I'll dig deeper into this here later in the show. I've got my own theory about Neil Brown coming on later, but there is a small chance West Virginia gets into a bowl game. There aren't enough 6-6 and bowl-eligible teams this season, so it's going to break down through the API index to see who would be ranked the highest. So if the polls are nice to West Virginia, there is a little chance that the Mountaineers could sneak their way into a bowl game being 5-7. and But yeah... Overall played well, looking like our college football playoff rankings right now. It's probably going to be Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and either USC or Ohio State, depending on how they vote things out. It's going to be important. Pac-12 championship will be Utah and USC. Of course, Utah is the only team to beat the Trojans this season. SEC title game is going to be three-loss LSU taking on Georgia, which that one might get ugly. I don't know who's going to be Georgia, guys. Georgia looks fantastic. Georgia's good, man. Georgia looks absolutely really fantastic. Uh, what else is there? ACC title game will be UNC and Clemson. It it just becomes another example of why the Big Twelve should never have a title game. Yeah, because especially now that they don't have enough team. I mean, if they have enough teams for divisions like they will next year with fourteen, that's fine. But TCU is going to play Kansas State. If they didn't have a title game, TCU would be in the college football playoff. But Absolutely. Kansas State could go out and beat them, and then just completely screw the Big 12's chance of getting a team in the college football. I've said mm-hmm. it for I've said it ever since they put the title game in. The Big 12 should not have a title game. Yeah, it's I don't so think it stupid. makes sense either. It doesn't make too. It's much just sense. it's it's money for the conference. Yeah. That's the only reason why it's there, and it could cost them a spot in the college football playoff. I agree. I agree with you 100. percent If you don't have those two division sets, there's not really much of a reason unless to, you want to be a part of that championship weekend. Very, it was a very interesting weekend. I'm very interested to see where the playoff rankings are going to shake out and how far Alabama is going to rise. That's a big one, too, because if there's some things happen, you never know. If LSU pulls off a monumental upset, if USC gets beat by Utah again, if TCU gets beat by Kansas State, there could be a chance the Crimson Tide and Nick Saban find their way back into the college football playoff. That Michigan-Ohio State game was a fun one to watch, too. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was, for those of us that don't like the Ohio State University, <laughs> it was kind of cool to see them exercise some demons in back-to-back years. Not, not neither one of them just, really bothers me. Not a fan. Well, the uh, the bat, Blake Quorum didn't even play in that game. Their mm-hmm. starting running back, he was a Heisman contender. Some people thought he was a Heisman favorite, didn't even play. Their backup running back runs for over 200 yards in the second half alone. It was it was an impressive showing for Michigan. And I think they're really the only threat to Georgia right now, legitimately, that you could throw against the Bulldogs and just 
credit to Kirby Smart and that staff. They've done fantastic. A lot of bit, a lot of naysayers have said a lot about Nick Saban understudies. Well, they're not going to be good as Saban. They can't beat Saban. Kirby Smart's done a fantastic job over in Athens. Shout out to the Georgia Bulldogs. They've been doing fantastic. They're producing NFL talent like it's a factory like Alabama. They took the blueprint and they've been running with it. So I'm excited to see how how the uh, championship weekend is going to shake out this week. K-State comes away out of uh, the Sunflower Showdown with a win over Kansas, 47-27. Kansas, uh, remember when everybody thought Kansas was going to win the national championship? Well, you know, their quarterback got hurt. Yeah, but he's back. Yeah. He's, uh, he's been back for a few weeks now. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it would have made that West Virginia loss to Kansas even more bearable, which is a shame because now you've gotten to the point of the season where you look at two bounces against Pitt and a bounce against Kansas, and the Mountaineers will be 7-5 and five right now. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Well, I saw where, uh, I guess, former uh, AD Shane Lyons is going to be on Hoppy's show today. Uh, what do you think he's coming on to chat about? Think I, he's going to let any demons loose? I don't think he will, uh, especially th- since he got his buyout from the university. It wouldn't shock me if there's a little bit of an NDA agreement there oh, as well. Yeah, I'm sure. And obviously yeah. he's he's hired back at Alabama. Uh, but I know he and Hoppy have a pretty good relationship, as does Gordon Gee. So it's probably just going to come down to Shane's going to say something along the lines of, I hope people remember me for the other stuff I did that was disconnected from the football program, which was resurrect WVU men's and women's soccer, hire a pretty good WVU women's basketball coach, uh, keep rifle where it's at, rebuild the tennis program, hire Reed Sunahara, who put the volleyball team in this uh, NCAA tournament for the first time ever. Um, And while things didn't shake out right on the football side of things, remember him for the good things that he did, which I think is fair. And what is this where... I got a text about it, and I saw it online. Uh, I can't find it anywhere now, but apparently, back to Shepard talk, Dwayne Grantham, did he get hurt in the game on Saturday? Do you remember that at all? You know, they played some interesting defensive alignments late. They played a lot. I said it on the broadcast a couple times. They played more nickel than they had all year. But no, I mean, I remember... I do remember them playing five defensive backs at times at the end of that stretch, but... I'm hearing people saying he's out for the season. I haven't heard really? that. And I, I can't find that anywhere. And that would certainly be, that would oh, not be a good thing going into you know, no, And obviously, our, our coverage of Shepard, it's with the McCook show and things like that. You know, we don't talk to him as much as we should right after the game. Um, just, just because everybody else is going yeah. on and doing their own thing. You know, the, that fifth quarter, what is it called? The, yeah, fifth, yeah, quarter. The fifth yeah, quarter. Yeah, I mean, there's so much going on. But no, I mean, nothing would indicate. I mean, he walked. I never, he, he never uh-huh. got carried off the field. I never saw him on the sideline. I mean, I remember, but I also thought the same thing was weird about Haley because Terrell Lindsay, who ended up with that mm-hmm. interception, played a lot in the fourth quarter of that game, too. So that it, it is interesting. It's something we'll have to check into. Yeah. No, I don't see anything anywhere. Yeah, that would be a big-time loss, if that's the case, um, not having him for IUP. Well, to speak on Keyshawn Haley, you guys brought him up. From times I've seen him on the sideline, I think he all seasons he's been kind of nursing a shoulder injury from some parts. So that might be part of the reason why he was out a little bit towards the end of that game. But... Yeah, hopefully Dwayne's all right. I'm not. I that was the first I heard anything about yeah. that going on. So we'll, we'll talk- have to we'll have to see and make sure he's okay and figure things out. That gives you an indication. Check out the Ernie McCook show because you can get your answers this Thursday on 95.9 The Big Dog. That's right. And talk about a, a scary injury prone uh, hit was Ryan Beach getting hit right in his knee, right on oh, the brace oh, last, or yeah. on Saturday. Oof! I thought that was it, but he got back into the game. And, man, they need him a lot more than I think people realize they need him just to spread that wealth a little bit more for the offense and give him. Couple different looks, but man, you don't want the injuries to hit right when they're playing as well as they are right now. It'd be the worst thing because they haven't had any, really any injury problems all year long. 
But we'll step aside for a few for a few minutes. We'll come back here after the bottom of the hour break on Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Hey, it's Ronnie Brown. It's a good block. Hurdles a defender. And he's across the 10, the 5. Touchdown, Rams. Ronnie Brown gets him back to within touchdown. a score. And you listening to Panhandle Sports Live. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Bath. You can check them out at mountaineerkitchensandbath.com. On Facebook, or you can visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. Jordan Icewarren, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. And, uh, well, the Rams are in the playoffs, and that's not the only action around uh, the Panhandle. Well, I guess that it is, is the only action around the Panhandle <laughs> yeah, uh, still in postseason play. Super 6 coming up this weekend, Luke, and, uh, well, Martinsburg gets shocked i would say i was shocked at least to uh, hear that they were losing and well they lose to huntington so how's the super six shaping up coming up this weekend at wheeling island well the huntington team that just beat martinsburg that's a two will take on the top seeded park south so you got one and two against i'm sorry one against the two in single a and triple a huntington versus park south is going to be a really really fun game to watch as parkersburg south just dominated capital midland uh, so it's a matchup against the best offense in all of high school football, against the best quarterback in all of high school football, and Gavin Locko, who just outdueled Ezra Bajan. Bajan throws two picks, no touchdowns, although he has a rushing touchdown in that game. Um, and uh, Locko throws for a touchdown 150 yards, rushes for 70 yards, and has two touchdowns as well. Uh, the one against two in single A is James Monroe. James Monroe was on fraud watch basically the entire season because they hadn't played anybody, and then they dominate Wheeling Central. Uh, to advance to the state final. And then you've got Williamstown. It's got two 1,500-yard rushers. Uh, some are calling it the best team that they've ever had. Uh, I would favor Williamstown in that one. But James Monroe, again, they just proved that they're for real. And then in A, you've got upstart Herbert Hoover. You know, first year on that field, the athletes that they have, they were the number one seed in A last year and ended in disappointment. And then Independence has Judah Price, who just broke the regular season touchdown record in West Virginia uh, and the great scheme that they have there. If you'd ask me who I would pick, I would say Huntington because they've got the hot hand, Independence because they've got the guy that's probably going to be the Kennedy winner, and then Williamstown just because you got to go with prestige, I think, over James Monroe. But all three interesting matchups, none of which I think are going to be decided by more than two scores, all going to be very competitive in all of which you can hear on uh, this station coming up this Friday and Saturday. Man, I thought this was a beatable Martinsburg team. It right. seems like it were, they were. Mm-hmm. Um and I still, and I say that, still thinking that they were, you know, probably the shoe ins to get to back to Wheeling Island. But the whispers around town and the internet, at least, because the internet certainly started getting uh, all fired up after Martinsburg losing uh, this weekend. Uh, I saw a lot of people saying that this team, they had the talent, but didn't have the heart Ooh. of Ooh. previous uh, Martinsburg teams down the stretch. Now, I'm not saying that. that's what the streets are saying, not me. Um, but found that a, a very interesting kind of theme through the list. But was that a surprising? win do you think for Huntington or do you think that that kind of is what should have played out I think it becomes interesting in how Britt Sherman's going to schedule the rest of the years because as dominant as Martinsburg was supposed to be this year he didn't mind going on the road in the semifinals because he wanted to play those out-of-state teams is he going to continue to do that you know is he going to be willing to lose multiple games to out-of-state teams to have to go on the road and play Huntington now uh, Gavin Locko is one of the better quarterback prospects that the state's seen in a while so you're not going to run into a guy like him every year at Huntington with the whole world rooting against you. So I think it's just something that Martinsburg's able to shrug off and get back to dominant ways. But you think about what 
uh, they've ended. That was 23 consecutive playoff wins. That's over. And they had won five of the last six Super Sixes, five of the last six state championship games. The only one they didn't win was the COVID year where nobody could win. Mm-hmm. And would they end up giving it to Parkersburg South or some nonsense? Yeah. Uh, but every one that has been played over the last six years, they've won. So those are the streaks that have been ended, which is a remarkable but, you know, in terms of heart, I mean, Ezra Bajan's a killer. You know, oh, yeah. Murphy yeah. Clement's a killer. That whole team's full of them. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Reed is a killer, and Britt Sherman's a great coach. It's just, you know, I think that we don't, I, you know, we talked about, uh, really quickly, I know we've got a busy show, uh, all the talent in West Virginia. This is, from top to bottom, some of the best individual and team talent we've seen in West Virginia in a long time. Agreed. So I think instead of just saying, you know, Martinsburg's, you know, yes, they were the most talented team in the state, but instead of saying they're fraudulent, they don't have heart, they don't have whatever, I don't think it's that much of a stretch to say that some of the teams in the state of West Virginia are starting to catch up to Martinsburg. Because, you know, Martinsburg's not, you know, it's not Chicago. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? It's There's no secret sauce. It's right. not nothing in the water over here that means that the athletes that they have over at this part of the state. depends on who you ask. Well, yeah, are, are better than Charleston or better than Huntington. They've just been very well coached. They've got a good scheme, and they have great athletes that they turn into great players. It's not that much of a stretch to say maybe Huntington's got a group of athletes in Zaza Jackson and whatever, in the Charleston schools and Cabell Midland and Robert Shockey and Parkersburg South that they're starting to catch up a little bit to Martinsburg, which will be fun to see in the years to come. Go ahead, Park. I was going to say, yeah, just uh, I think Luke nailed it right on the head. I think a lot of the teams in the state are starting to catch up to Martinsburg a little bit. Want to take nothing away from the Bulldogs. Still a fantastic season. And no, that's not the benchmark to what's been set by that program. But you can't knock your head. It's a great season. You go on the road. You played two really tough teams. You lost a lot last year. If you think about two, you got a lot that's going to be coming back this year. You, you got a lot to look forward to if you're a Bulldogs fan. Don't Don't shake your head at this team because they didn't go to the Super Six again. You're you're so used to being in a spot to where you're going to be winning championships. You got a year to build on that. You got a year to think about that. And I'm expecting a revenge tour for the Bulldogs next year. I really am. It almost feels like sometimes too, listening to some of the interviews and reading some of the articles that uh, I mean, has has Martinsburg gotten to a point yet to where they don't have to? F- it felt like they were trying to make themselves the underdogs in a time now where they don't have to be the underdogs. Everybody knows what Martinsburg is. Martinsburg is always going to be Martinsburg. And it felt like they were taking some of these games and, you know, doing some of these things. It's like, yeah, we have to prove that we're still as good as the last, you know, 10 years. And then, you know, they ran into a team that was just better than them. Yeah. I mean, you could make the argument that Martinsburg had ran out of people in the state to compete with. So they're competing with themselves about, you know, what team could be the best team in all of Martinsburg. I think what Britt said, and I think was correct is, you know, it's same with Shepard. We said in the regular season, every time you play a team, you're Martinsburg, you're that team's Super Bowl. And they got the best punch possible from Musselman, Morgantown High, Bridgeport, mm. and Huntington this year. Huntington ends up beating them. I mean, everybody gets psyched up to play Martinsburg, and that's just kind of what it comes down to. And again, they played them at Huntington. If Martinsburg plays one fewer out-of-state team, they're 9-1. and one. They play this game over here because they're the number two seed. I think they win, yeah. I, and I don't think it's particularly yeah. close. But you go down into the Lions' den. You have to. I just made that drive last week, five and a half hours down to Huntington, and a really daunting place to play. It's a really steep stand. There's a lot of noise there on top of the hill, and you lose. I mean, that's just. It'd be interesting to see, you know, how heavy the out-of-state schedule is going to be for Martinsburg in years to come because they had ran out of people to compete against in the state. But like I said earlier, maybe all of a sudden they've found teams to compete with again. 
And of course, this year was our inaugural year for our Panhandle Games of the Week right here on WPM and WCST. And my goodness, fellas, did we have some pretty good Panhandle Games of the Week. Uh, we got a highlight package here to listen to for all the highlights throughout the season. And uh, before we get to that, uh, I think my favorite game that stands out to me was that uh, Musselman-Morgantown game at Musselman. I mean, that first game, it was packed. I mean, the game was great. Of course, Musselman ends up winning, and that kind of propels them into first in the state. Um, what about you guys? Any standout games uh, that pop in? your head yeah i think that musselman gave us a bunch the morgantown game the wheeling park rematch the jefferson game at jefferson you know brian thomas joked that we're gonna have some espn classics like out of the vaults from the games we've had this season <laughs> uh and then parker and i got to be a part of a really fun game that i don't know how many people are going to remember that spring mills north hagerstown game mm-hmm. was a yes. ton of fun it was low scoring defensive they get the onside kick which may or may not be in the list uh, and that was a really entertaining game as well. Yeah, I think that a, lot, a lot of what we said are really in that top games that we had this season. Musselman and Morgantown was fantastic. The rematch of Wheeling Park and Musselman was fantastic. Jefferson Musselman early on in the year was great too. Uh, for the Berkeley Springs side, I think Berkeley Springs-Hampshire turned out to be a really good game. Yeah. It, it kind of faltered towards the end of the fourth quarter, but that was arguably the best game the Tribe played all season. And it was it was a really fun outing. It was a very fun outing of football, like Luke alluded to, to North Hagerstown and Spring Mills was a really fun game as well. And well, I guess let's just roll it onto the package. I guess see what the, see what we got going on. What a season it was for high school football across the Mountain State, and what a season it was for high school football in the Panhandle. But it's only ten plays that crack our list to end the season. At number 10, they kick off the season, so they'll kick off our top 10. Rodrigo Delgado for the Pats with a long touchdown tote. Snap back inside, handoff running near side. Delgado breaks free into the second level. He could be gone. Across the 20 to the 15, 10, 5, towards the pylon, leaping out. Touchdown, Washington. Unbelievable carry by Delgado. Shed a couple of tackles. Broke free into the second level and scores from over 40 yards out. Highlights plenty for another dominant Martinsburg season, but it's Murphy Clement with his touchdown that cracks our list at number nine. Set up the tunnel screen to Murphy Clement. He makes the catch, sheds away from a tackler, gets to the 30, breaks free, and he's gone again. Murphy Clement, how many tackles can one man break? He takes it into the end zone for a 46-yard touchdown. Jefferson won in dominant fashion, 33 to nothing over Spring Mills, highlighted by this Fritz grab for number eight. First and 10, he'll look to throw. Thinking end zone down the field, has a receiver with separation. The pass is caught. Touchdown, Jefferson. It's Fritz again. A beautiful ball, a beautiful route, and a beautiful score that may have put this game to bed with under nine minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Despite losing to Musselman, the Jefferson Cougars still gave us this highlight reel play on the last throw of the ball in the first half at play number seven. Goins, like you said, will air it downfield. Has a man with a bit of separation. The pass is caught. Downfield to the 10, to the 5, staying in bounds. Into the end zone. Touchdown for Jefferson. Spencer Powell, what a catch. Max Anderson, as the kids say, has that dog in him. He also had a 56-yard touchdown carry against Hedgesville to check in on our number six play. Anderson will keep it himself, looking to cut this play off to the left side as he breaks free to the 40, 35, 30. He's got a hole. He could be gone. Martin trying to chase him down from the behind. He won't catch him, and it's a touchdown for the Cardinals. 56 yards to the house. Anderson thought about going right, said the left lane looks a little bit better. I'll take it to the house. We knew it was going to be a special one when Musselman rematched with Wheeling Park in the first round of the playoffs. Here's Baden Hartman, sometimes referred to as him 
with a game-sealing touchdown to make the sequel so much sweeter with play number five. Hartman takes the snap to keep it himself again to the left side, pushing forward into the end zone, touchdown! This kid, he's got silver bullets! And it's a two-possession lead for the Appleman. Spring Mills as Josh Sims trusts his special teams. For the Cardinals needing it most, they go for an onside kick against North Hagerstown in a must-win game to start the second half and pull off the unthinkable for play number four. And it's a line drive kick that's loose on the turf. It's rolling. It's recovered by the Cardinals. An onside kick recovered by Zach Bender. And the Cardinals have the football to begin the second half. Takes me back to shades of 2010 with that onside kick from Sean Payton and the New Orleans Saints paid dividends and swung momentum to win that Super Bowl for them. How about a little Berkeley Springs love in the top 10? And how about the start to the season for the Tribe? Here's Parker Stone on the call with our number three play. And here we go, Indians football underway for the 2022 season. Taking the return is number 11 for the Indians, Gavin Young. And Gavin Young's making his way across the 50-yard line to the 40, to the 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, and he is in! What a start for Indians football in this 2022 football season. Gavin Young, we talked about him making an impact with the losses on offense, and what a way to start all the way a 75 yard kickoff return for your indians what a start a pair of plays at number two as hedgesville rallied late on a dramatic fourth down play to come within a point of spring mills with the eagles playing backup quarterback dalton harper and then matt faircloth hedgesville coach part-time riverboat gambler i made that up decides to go for two Snap back, goes to Harper. He's got time to throw. He lets it go over the middle of the field. The pass is up. It's caught. It's caught out of the air by Ruiz and into the end zone for a touchdown. Spring Mills had a chance at the interception. They don't bat it down. They bat it into the chest of Ruiz, and they are an extra point away from tying the game. Oh, my, is the offense, are they going for two? I think hey, they're going for home, two in the win. It. They're going for two. Three receivers to the right, two receivers stacked to the left. Ruest is to that side. Snap back to Harper. He'll look to keep it himself, running to the left side. He needs a block. He pushes to the goal line. Did he get it? A second effort, and the two-point try is good, and the Eagles take the lead. What a season it's been, and hard to pick one play. So we picked one game. And how about this start for the Appleman in their upset of number two Morgantown? This is Shelton looking to bring it out across the 25, staying on his feet to the 30, and a great return here for the Appleman to begin the game. Logan Shelton breaking free across the 40, looking for blockers in front of him. Shelton to the 10, to the 5, and how about that start for Musselman? A dagger right into the heart of the number two team in the state, Logan Shelton from coast to coast. Shelton got it going, the lead went back and forth, and it was full of Hartman heroics. Hartman will take the snap out of the gun and look to throw in a three-step drop. He's under pressure in the backfield. They wrapped him up for a second. He keeps his footing, maintains the play. Now throws downfield as a man wide open. It's Miller at the 30. Miller across the 25-20. 15, 10, 5 will be drawn down inside the five-yard line by Bobby Powell. The improvisation. Hartman is Houdini. Sophomore wideout Braden Miller out of nowhere to make the play and then another to secure victory for the Appleman and seal our number one play of the year. Hartman will take the snap and look to throw. He'll roll out to his right. We'll throw towards the end zone. The pass is up and caught in the back of the end zone. It's Miller again. The sophomore, potentially the hero, as Musselman regains the lead over the number two team in the state. We'll just turn and fire it downfield. Nowhere near the end zone. It'll be batted out of the air and incomplete. Number two, Morgantown falls in Inwood. 36 to 33, the final score. And now the students will rush the field, and it's all Appleman tonight. 
And that was the year that was with our Panhandle Games of the Week. That will uh, continue on for basketball, but we'll definitely be back for football season uh, when that comes back around. And don't forget, we'll also have your coverage for the Super 6 uh, with our Metro News affiliates right here on WEPM and WCST when the weekend comes around. But we'll step aside for our last break. We'll be back with more Panhandle Sports Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Sports Live with Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Bath. You can check them out at mountaineerkitchensandbath.com. On Facebook, or you can visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. I'm Jordan Icewater, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Yeah, well, that's called beginner's luck. Luck, 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 Yeah, I like to call this my lock of the day. Prove it, it's never fails. Never failed once. The heat is coming back on Parker's picks now. It has been good. The second half of November has treated us very, very well. Was able to call the Michigan upset of Ohio State over the weekend. Had a good feeling that one was coming through. You know, and this is a betting lesson to all of you that are listening. Always go with your initial gut because I almost picked the Bulldogs of Mississippi State to beat Ole Miss in that upset. But I had second thoughts, sadly. But... You know, it is Monday Night Football, and it is Colts, and it is Steelers. So what we are going with for today, Parker's going to be a negative Nancy today, and hopefully that wins you a little bit of money. Lock of the day is going to be Matt Ryan, under 237 total passing yards. I think he's only passed for this, I think, twice this season. I think it's a safe bet against the Steelers' defense. It overall, is a pretty good unit, I would say. T.J. Watts back into the lineup as well. That pass rush is going to be good. Guys like Cam Hayward, guys like Alex Highsmith that's had a really good year for Pittsburgh. I think the Steelers' defense is going to hold Matt Ryan to under that, as well as I think they're going to hold Jonathan Taylor under 84 total rushing yards. Taylor's looked good. He's had a kind of a return to form from last season, but he's only hit that 84 rushing yard mark, I think, three times this season, and that's a Pittsburgh defense that has really clamored their running backs a lot, too. Joe Mixon's had trouble against Pittsburgh this year. Multiple running backs have had trouble just getting it going against Pittsburgh, so... I'm going with Taylor's under on the rushing yards. I think he still has a solid game. He could score a touchdown, but I think Jonathan Taylor's not going to hit that. And the total points, I think it's going to be under 40 total points. These are two good defenses. You got guys all over the field. You guys like Shaquille Leonard, guys like Minka Fitzpatrick on both sides. These are two really good defenses. This is going to be a game that two teams that are kind of middle in the pack, kind of out of the playoff race, I think. But I think it's still going to be pretty competitive. Under 40 total points, but lock of the day if you missed it. Matt Ryan, under 237 total passing yards against the Pittsburgh Steelers tonight. Did you have a good? Uh, it must be a little fun uh, sitting there at the house with the family, knowing you got a couple bets laying out there. And we're doing a little, little bit of numbers. Oh, Thanksgiving was absolutely all over the place. It looked good for a little while, and then sat. I was rooting for overtime in that Lions Bills game because I had the. Who did I have for Buffalo in that one? I'd have to check on it. But I was pulling for overtime because I needed something to happen. And then Kansas City ended up winning and ended up ruining my slate on that one. Then we turn around. Both my uh, Cowboys picks hit. I, I did the Cardinal sin and picked against my team. I picked against my Giants with the Cowboys. It just New York's just too beat up in that game. They, they played very well. They played competitively. But just New York was too beat up. I had to pick Dallas in that one. And then... I don't know what it was. They didn't get Ramondre Stevenson going too much in the running game. He didn't get really too much in it for New England until in the second quarter. He had a, he, I think he had like almost 80 yards receiving and like 40 yards rushing or something like that. But the Vikings ended up winning is what we predicted. Did overall pretty good on Thanksgiving, I think. Went went five for six, I think, on picks. So well, it was a solid go of it. It was fun for Thanksgiving to watch a little bit of football and then a little bit of college thrown in there as well. Called the uh, Tulane upset of Cincinnati as well. That was a fun one, too. So yeah, it was a really fun weekend getting to watch a little bit of football. And, well, uh, other than getting sick over the weekend, I wish that wouldn't have happened. But, 
you know, it was it was still a good time, still a good time to get a little bit of family. My mom was talking with me too. She's like, she's like, oh, you gotta go, you gotta leave tomorrow. I was like, I don't like that. I was like, well, I was like, mom, I'm you sorry. Your baby home. I know. And I was like, well, congrats, mom. You got me home. Bad news. You got you got a nurse because I'm sick. So, <laughs> well, it sounds like it happened at the perfect time. I guess so. Yeah, I, that's probably the best way we could go about. It. I was I was sitting at home listening to you guys call the game. And I was thinking, oh gosh, please, please don't let Shepard lose. Cause I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be sitting at home when the Rams season ends. I want to be out there with them. So, yeah, it was, it was a good win for Shepard overall. I think you guys had a fantastic call as well. Wanted to applaud you guys on that. But yeah, it was a fun weekend. I'm excited for some Monday Night Football tonight. World Cup action going on right now. It's halftime over in Qatar right now. Ghana leads two over over South Korea. United yeah, States play tomorrow. And the U.S. plays tomorrow against Iran. It's win and get in, lose and go home if it's for the U.S. So it'll be a uh, very patriotic Parker's Picks tomorrow, a little teaser for you. <laughs> well, we'll get into World Cup action uh, here in a second. But I do, uh, I mean, I also want to gloss, gloss over the fact that, yes, the Ravens played terrible and they lost yesterday. But I want to talk about the Commanders. Those haters can't stand us. Left hand up. Who are we? Because everybody is trashing the Commanders right now because of the Sean Taylor Memorial. Now, I feel like you need to emphasize that it was a memorial. They said it was a Sean Taylor Memorial. And then the well, statue that everybody was waiting to come out was nothing even close of a statue. It was just a mannequin that you'd see, what'd you say, Luke, at Nike or at Under Armour exactly. or wherever, anywhere you'd go, yeah. Dick's, you'd see the same type of thing there. So uh, the Commanders end up winning in a crazy fashion here at the end of the game. So the teams play well on the field. The organization continues to fumble the bag every step of the way. So what are your guys' thoughts on that uh, Sean Taylor Memorial? Do you think that they have themselves covered with some loophole that, you know, yes, you guys were looking for a statue, but we never said there was going to be a statue type of thing? thing i mean how do you just continue to lower I, it's almost like they're trying to lower people's expectations and pur- purpose <laughs> yeah. as to how this organization is run uh again it was a memorial you're right but people were expecting you know like a plaque a statue some kind of real it, it ended up being a wire mannequin it wasn't even the jersey that he wore wasn't it the current team's jersey just with his number apparently they said that the the cleats that he had on were, were game worn but they were yeah they were that's what everybody right. was saying they were yeah. soccer cleats they, were they weren't even right. football cleats Mm-mm. i dude it's 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 a, it's a joke but they got rough. the win and somehow somehow this team is 7 and 5 and if the and if the season ended today Every single team in the NFC East would make the playoffs. Crazy. That's, that's that's the other crazy thing. Cowboys would be the top wild card. Giants would be second. Commanders would be third. The real question, if you're a Washington fan, is it time that this organization just pulls the trigger and says, "Okay, Taylor Heineke's our guy"? Is is it that? Is it at that point he's went out and proved it? He's gone out. You bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick. He come, Heineke came in for Alex Smith when he was injured. You bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick, that doesn't work out. Heineke comes back in. You bring in Carson Wentz, that doesn't work out. Heineke's back in. It's like it's like that kid that wants to play games on your iPhone. He he will not go away. <laughs> but he keeps breaking your high score. But he but he he's keeps, better than the other guy. But he keep but he keeps doing better at it than you do. But, well, not only that, but the, the Jets need to have that same conversation with Mike White. I know, who looked unbelievable. Mike White looked good. He he had a good game last year when he started for the Jets too. I saw Mike White was starting. I was thinking, okay, this this could be a little bit of a controversy. But I don't know. This this is a really 
we could see a Josh Rosen like downfall for Zach Wilson, and this is not good for him at all. For Mike White playing as good as he did at at this point, I think the Jets are trying to make the playoffs right now. You got to start Mike White the rest of the way, and I don't know what to expect for Zach Wilson. I don't know what to expect for the Packers. They took another loss. Aaron Rodgers gets knocked Aaron out. Aaron Rodgers is done. He's, He's done. Fast. He should I, just retire now. Washed King. Yep. I think at this point he just needs to call it a season, get yep. help. He said his thumbs bothering him, his ribs are hurting him. Have Jordan Love start the rest of the way. Figure out what you got in Green. Pass Bay. the torch. He's he's done. And yeah. then uh, two other crazy things that happen. I think we be- we understand that that's the last Jacoby Brissett game, which ended yes. in a win because it'll be Deshaun Watson's the rest of the way. Do with that information what you will. Uh, and Josh Jacobs had the best running back performance in Raiders history in an organization that includes Marcus Allen and Bo Jackson, who's better than Derrick Henry. Um, <laughs> I wish I'd be able to watch the end of the Raiders game. Oh, Red Zone yeah. was telling me go to your local CBS affiliate once oh, yeah, it was done, and, I and went, it there, there was nowhere. Now, yeah. now so, some of us found out another way to watch that game. <laughs> but you're wink, right, wink. Uh, that was brutal. Ugh. Well, anyways, fellas, a few seconds left. Any uh, final thoughts? Uh, WV basketball looks really good. They lost yeah. to Purdue, and Purdue just beat Gonzaga and Duke back-to-back, so right. I wouldn't be that worried. The basketball team looks pretty good. I think as well, I think there's a small chance Neil Brown does stay coach at West Virginia. I, yeah. think, there's, I think there's a pretty good chance now after him winning these last few games. I don't think there's really no... Uh, there's really no point to not bring him back at this point. Pretty I think so, game. too. Well, yeah. Shane Lyons will be on Hoppy uh, at 10 o'clock today, so right here on WEPM, so stick around uh, after Panhandle Live, which is next for that. But for Parker Luke, I'm Jordan. It's been Panhandle Sports Live on WEPM WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Have a good one. We will talk to you tomorrow. WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too.